Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hey, I'm Scott Pipe. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. You are listening to Inside Supercars. For sure, I think if I get to drive more and more and more, uh, for sure, you know, I'm going to feel more comfortable. I nearly told him to calm down in the end. I'm like, mate, you're making me stressed. I'm stressed enough as is. In 2014, Chaz Mostert and Paul Morris won Bathurst. The race finished at almost 6.30 and 5.2 million people were watching at the end of that race. So a quarter of the Australian population watched Chaz win that race. That's a pretty you know, compelling figure to, to drop on anybody. <laughs> From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. Another big week of Inside Supercars. Craig, good evening. Good evening, Tony. And uh, as we get set for the season of endurance, which I don't even think it's called that anymore because they per tech cupped it a few years ago. Indeed, it is round 10 of the 2017 championship. Race 20, I think it is. Can't be round 10. They got rid of rounds about five years ago. Yeah, I know, but you know, it's still the 10th event of the calendar year, the championship year. It's also round six of the Dunlop Super Twos. Yep. It's uh, the Carrera Cup returning mm. uh, to uh, Sandown and to the uh, running with the supercars. Um, Touring Car Masters are back. They haven't been on the schedule for a few uh, few rounds. About the only thing that uh, supercars doesn't promote themselves these days. Indeed it doesn't, and they do a very good job promoting themselves. Um, and the newest news is, of course, the uh, Australian GPs uh, is on the schedule, and under the management from next year, with uh, many of the same people involved, including the uh, manager of it, I'm trying to remember his name, and it's just escaped me, but anyway, um, that, that's exciting news for Australian GTs, trying to bolster their numbers again for next year. Indeed, you've got a new Carrera Cup car coming out next year, so uh, that is what uh, obviously a lot of people have been wondering if Carrera Cup numbers this year have been affected by the fact that there'll be a new car next year. And uh, it could be interesting to see how that all plays out. Of course, Carrera Cup has been a long-time supporter or support racing series on the supercars calendar uh, with GT, Super Utes, Formula 5000 in the wings, Super 2s in the main game. It's going to make for a very impressive weekend, no matter which combination you go for. It is, and it's, uh, of course, one of the free-to-air TVs this weekend, so Channel 10 will be playing most of Saturday and most of Sunday. It should be a great weekend of racing. One of the things we just mention of is that Carrera Cup has a new young driver making his debut in that category this weekend, Plenty of Porsche experience on that because Jordan Love last weekend at uh, Phillip Island, he won the uh, Porsche Challenge Cup and as part of that he is getting the debut in Carrera Cup, which is terrific because more than likely he'll be full-time in the series next year. So it's great to have Another young gun coming through. Yeah, and uh, I, I spoke to uh, Anthony Gilbertson, who uh, won the Elite Series on Inside Motorsport this week, and you can hear more about his uh, racing career on that program, also online at uh, sportradio.com.au or across the country on uh, the Community Radio Network. I got the cheap plug in early this week, Tony. Indeed, indeed. Now, Retro and Round, can I ask you your opinion of Retro Round? I think it's terrific. Um, as somebody who started uh, watching motor racing uh, in the 50s and 60s, it's wonderful to turn the clock back, and certainly there are lots of liveries that I remember. I see Chaz uh, 
Chaz Mostert is uh, making his uh, uh, return to the colours that John Briggs and Bob Thorne ran back in the uh, 90s. Mm-hmm. Oh, super cheap, and uh, that's wonderful to see. I remember Steve Ellery running around in those colours as well. Um, great news this week. We've got somebody who is long been involved in uh, V8 supercars. Is Charlie Schmerkow, man behind Preston Forklift, the man who's involved in Lee Holdsworth's team who assembled a great team after several times running uh, within the uh, Walkinshaw and PRA uh, under their banner. He then started up a couple of years ago his own team. And it would be great to have Charlie on to talk about the way in which he got involved in motorsport and where he's taking it in his team. So that's after the break. We'll come back with Charlie Schmerkow. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question... Email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Bates of the Cars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian title since we've been back, and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm David Reynolds. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. And welcome again back to Inside Supercars. Today we have the pleasure of Charlie Schmerkholt, Team 18, Preston Hire Racing. Charlie, good evening. Good evening. Thank you for uh, having us on tonight. Well, we're glad to have you and uh, it's certainly a treat for us. Somebody who's been involved in the street a lot longer than most people know. And what we'd like to do is really go back to where you started motorsport. Where was your love? Where did that first happen? Oh, look... Um, mum and dad always had cars and, and uh, involved in car clubs and and uh, as a youngster I, I went to Bathurst in the very very early 70s and and um, but yes got into karting in uh, early on and um, loved the sport loved the passion of all sorts of motorsport and uh, thought one day I'd love to be a driver and uh, so the karting obviously I had to choose between karting and and uh, the family forklift business and uh, so uh, the Forklift business came first, so that was the end of that. So that was in Melbourne. You were born and, and bred in. Born and bred in Melbourne, and uh, joined Oakley Go Kart Track. Oh, I don't know when it was. Long time ago now, but uh, yep. um, still uh, a lot of fond memories from go karting. And occasionally, well, I did a, a, an endurance karting thing the other week or month with uh, our sponsors Preston Hire, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So I still remember those karting days very, very well. You built the business up very successfully, as in Preston Hire and the forklift business in Melbourne, both buying, leasing, owning, servicing, all those things to do with forklift. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Look, I've got a forklift rental business. It's, it's probably the largest independent one in Australia. It's, uh, it's got a couple of thousand forklifts in uh, all states of Australia and very big supply with uh, Toyota Motor Corporation and and uh, and uh, also Manitou forklifts. And uh, so, yes. Love my forklifts. Been doing it just turned over forty years now, so uh, still got the passion for it. So you then got involved in the sport. Was that starting out as a sponsor, or was there a team that you actually, you know, wandered into, or what happened there? Look, uh, always been involved in cars, and as I said, karting and all that sort of stuff. But then, uh, 
Um, I used to go to supercar events as a youngster and all the way through and, and uh, for, you know, 15, 20 years, I remember going to Sandown when it was, you know, in the 60s with mum and dad and all that. So my passion for motorsport has been there all the way. But then uh, I had I was at a supercar event in 01, I think, and I had a, a friend of mine had a, a, a little Cessna going up there and I got a ride back and he offered Dick Johnson a ride back. So I met Dick then and said you should get involved and uh, so befriended Dick and we became quite close and watched uh, the DJR thing unfold basically from 2002 on uh, and and yeah, watched the demise, watched this, where it all happened and it's a long story as you know. This is actually when you became involved in a part owner in fact of DJR. Yeah, that's correct. Look, I was on the sidelines sort of helping a little bit, assisting and, you know, the West Point days, the, the earlier than that, the Shell days and, and then uh, and then the start of the Jim Beam days and Dick got himself into a fair bit of trouble. And uh, so I, I became a, uh, a co-owner of DJR in February the 5th, 2008. I remember the day very, very well. So um, I said no that many times and John Marshall was going to buy it and then that all fell over and Dick Dick only had a few days left before the bank closed the whole lot, lost his house, lost everything. So you do these things and you help a mate and um, helped him all out and and um, set upon a mission of, of rebuilding and getting DJR going again. And this is, in fact, when you ended up with the uh, racing licence, the uh, entitlement contract number 18. Yeah, that's correct. Look, we started, you know, Davison and uh, Johnson are the first two drivers in, in 08 and then Courtney and and then um, Johnson in 09 and 10. And uh, it was a bit of a rocky road. That's a long, long story, that one. But um, anyway, we, we had our differences, one wanted a, a, a business operation and one wanted a family operation. And uh, so I, I, we, we, it was chosen and debated and all sorts of ups and downs. And uh, we split the team in basically half with the licence, et cetera, at the end of 2010. And then from there, I leased my licence back to DJR that was part of the deal for 11 and 12. Yep. How tough was it uh, personally when you, you've built up this this friendship to have a, a partnership like that go, go sour. It happens a lot in, in so many industries, but in this one particularly where it's so public. It's extremely public. You know, I was on the front page of the papers after Bathurst, you know, there was Tinkler buying it. There was lots of up and up and down times and, and it was, it took a toll on me personally, it was tough. My, my normal business suffered for, from it, and and um, yeah, it was incredibly tough. And Dick was a mate, and uh, and we just had different ways of doing things, and where I needed to take it, sponsor-wise, and everything, and uh, performance with drivers and Courtney and and family. So it was incredible tough. It was probably one of the toughest moments of my life that I'll ever remember. And uh, but I learned a lot out of it, and and partnerships, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was incredibly tough. So the two that's years... That's all behind me now, I can assure you. <laughs> the two years then that you leased the licence out, did that give you some time to re-energise and rethink how supercar racing should be run? Yeah, it did a bit. Look, um, I became a customer for ProDrive for uh, 20, 
thirteen and twenty fourteen. Thirteen with Alex Davison, fourteen with um with um Jack Perkins. And I thought, look, this is the best thing to do. I'm on my own now, I own a wreck, I bought a car. I didn't have the money or the the the, the infrastructure to put a team together. So I did a deal on the Pro Drive or FPR or whatever it was called back then and uh, and I thought that was a great way to go racing and uh, um, but it it was tough there being a customer car I, I felt that you know you, you didn't know what you were spending you were relying on things maybe it, it, it was the results weren't there and couldn't build on results you couldn't build on things and and it was it was a difficult time sort of, but look, they treated me well and I've moved on from there. That was 13 and 14. So then 15, I thought, well, here's an opening at Walkinshaw and I thought, you know what, this is going to be good. But that didn't turn out any better at all because you're a customer and you weren't getting the same gear as Courtney for, for, for instance type of thing. And so that wasn't to be either. But yeah, so I've had some hard lessons in 13, 14, 15 as a customer program uh Operation. You had a great role model in techno because at this time they had started to run a very successful single car team. So you could see that it could actually happen. Yeah, look, that was my the model that I thought, you know what, this can work. I look at Webby and, and, and Shane getting some great results and, and backing of Triple Eight. And I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to sink myself into this. So at the end of 15, I, I decided was put into a corner really by uh, Walkinshaw there to, you know, you need to pour more money because we're going down to three cars. We've lost the uh, Rosenberg licence and and the super cheap money, so we've got to go down to three cars, so we need more, more money. And, and I'm thinking, with this more money, I could just about do this on my own. So set up a shop in Dandenong, um, put Jeff Greck on board, and uh, in a very short time, and that was incredibly short, of uh, putting the whole team together, and uh, getting ready for the 16 season. And uh, it was very rushed. We had to rent a little premises, the whole thing. I bought an older 888 car off off uh, Roland Dana 888 and put it all together and uh, got some sponsors on board, the whole thing. And Preston um, Hire continued, which was great. Well, most of the sponsors continued. And um, yeah, set about getting a team and uh, getting it running. But yeah, that was tough to get it done in such a shorter period of time, but it was a good model that uh, Techno had for sure. Charlie, the, your model and your partnership model uh, is very successful, and is it safe to say it's very heavily still geared towards business to business? Yeah, look, I've got a, a great great band of sponsors and partners on the car, and and we we deliver a lot of business for all of them. And uh, I know folks get oil from, you know, some of the introductions and all that sort of stuff. Preston Hire, they get all sorts of stuff. And it's it's a good relationship with all these partners that I've got. And I work it hard. I work it to death, really. And, and uh, I couldn't go racing without all these great people that have backed me and been behind me. And uh, um, so, yeah, very, very fortunate. But um, they're also... They're, they're, getting plenty of exposure as well and it's it's a great relationship with all my partners on the car they're very very special people and uh um at the moment i'm off to a, a you know one of my sponsor functions pulsar tonight and i work it hard and uh but it, it works well 
You have uh, you said to me in 2015, at the end of 2015, you possibly wouldn't have gone out on your own were it not that you had Lee Holsworth on board. And your relationship with Lee has, has become simpatico with Team 18 and Preston Hire Racing. Yeah, look, Lee's a great guy. He really is a, a very special guy. I've got to know him extremely well now. He He's... Um, He's just a ripper guy, and and I wouldn't have done it without him for sure. He he needed I needed a, a name driver that can deliver, that can also not crash it into the wall every race and all that sort of stuff. Even though we've had our fair share last year, um, but he's he's the backbone there of of my driving, and and uh, he's done an incredible job for him. I I my goal is to get him up further up the field, and and that's what we're there to do, and I, I think we can for sure. Is it reliant on the fact that there's a, a team that's uh, like BJR who you share a boom with for the, their third car and to share the crew? Is it reliant on you to have that? Yeah, look, unfortunately it is. The model for supercars and uh, is really a two-car team. Every, there's 13 booms and it's really based on a two-car team. So unfortunately there's, there's two teams that are, are shared booms. One is the Triple uh, A Techno one, and the others myself with BJR, the Cool Drive Car, and myself. And look, we've had our troubles and all that sort of stuff. They're good guys at BJR. We're working through things, and you're relying on other people. You're not in control of your destiny. And in my life, you've just got to be in control of your destiny. So we're relying on them a lot, and uh, they're also relying on us. So it's it's a bit of a partnership thing, but. Yes, it's, it's been a bit of a rocky road on, you know, there's been stakes on both sides and, yeah, we've just got to make it as good as we possibly can and get it to get it right. Would you be interested in expanding into a Dunlop Super 2 team? Oh, look, I, you know, the model's got to be right. I'll look at anything if it's financially viable. Um, bringing a young fella on board does interest me and, you know, Lee's not going to be there forever, but bringing someone... On, on board, you know, it'd be great to have a two-car team, but it's got to stack up. I don't want a paid driver that's, you know, um, inexperienced, that, it, it, you know, it's in the wall and all my good guys are working on that car and all that sort of stuff. The model's got to be right. And, and same with, the, you know, uh, a junior car type of thing, bring that on, that the whole program's got to be right and, and getting all the sponsorship and all that sort of stuff and, and making it all stack up. So at this stage, you know, there's... there's there's not a lot out there that I'm really, you know, I'm I'm more concentrating on getting Lee up there and looking after all our main sponsors and keeping them all on board and keeping them happy and, and getting results. That's what I'm there for at the moment. But I'll look at all opportunities if there's some good ones out there for sure. More on Inside Supercars after the break when we return with Charlie Swerkholt. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, 
know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do, um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. You are listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Charlie Swerkold is our guest this week. Now that the sport's rebounded both financially and it looks like management's stabilised there, do you feel the value of that wreck has returned? Yeah, look, I think so. Look, um, I think the sport's in very good shape at the moment. It really is. I think it's run well by James Warburton and, and the team there and Shane Howard. I think they're doing a great job there. And it's only getting better. Numbers are good. So, look, I, I think um, uh, wreck money will increase um, and, yeah, look, I hope it does for sure. Um, we're getting a return from our wreck now from those earlier days when Archer first took on. We knew we were getting no return. We're getting a, a, a good return at the moment, so that's so that's good. So the wreck money's got to go up. So it's, it's sort of an investment for me, but it's just part of the whole process with the thing. So, um, you know, I would have thought a, a wreck would be back to probably a million dollars now, which is... Um, which is really good. Which is bad if you want to go to a second car, of course. That's right. That makes it difficult. And, yeah, you've got to, you know, buy one of them or or do a lease deal or something like that. So it does make it harder to get in, but it sort of of controls the sport a little bit as well. Were you surprised when Archer rejected some offers, or we hear rejected some offers this year um, for for buying out uh, the supercars? No, I don't think they just... It's like giving something away. I just thought they put a lot into it and where it's been and they paid a lot for it. I just didn't, don't think they just want to give it away. And and Archer, leave, it as, leave us alone to run or leave you know James and the team to, to run it. So yeah. um, I'm not surprised at all. I, I think there was a lot of... There was a few people there that, you know, bandied around stupid low-ball numbers. And so... Like anything, why do they have to give it away? No, I don't think they do. So I, I, I think it's a good thing that they're going to run it and, and put their tenure through and maybe up to the next TV rights or whatever and all that sort of stuff. And and um, they're getting a return now anyway. So why give it away? So um, it devalues the sport. So I think it's uh, probably a good thing. James and his cohorts are certainly being very busy with you know the expansion, the Utes, now the GTs. Um, this, you know, some movement in Formula 5000 or what's going to happen there. There's plenty of things happening around it. So there's, there's an energy there as well as, you know, their own events. They're very successful in running their own events. That's one thing that stands out about supercars. That's right. As I said, I think it's in good shape with all these other categories. Look, as long as it doesn't take off the main game, which it's not, and and bringing other revenue streams in as well for TV and and... Us together, I, I think it's a good move. Um, so I think there's great opportunities for people to go racing. You know, you can race, as, as you know, in a ute or whatever you want to race in. There's a category for us. And, and obviously the 12-hour Bathurst, owning that, and and potential talks with GT and where it's all going, I think um, it's good. The business is in good shape, for sure. Hmm. The Do you t- have any thoughts about expanding into any of those new categories? I mean, obviously, the Utes is very different than what it was, uh, you know, from going back from the Ross Palmer days. 
it's evolved through where now they're looking at getting more manufacturer involvement. The GTs is not a manufacturer thing, but, you know, there's obviously it's a category that is going to grow again. Do you have any ideas about, you know, going off into sideways into doing some of those things? Yeah, look, um, I'm always looking, and I'm looking at a couple of those categories you mentioned at the moment. Obviously, I can't say too much at the moment, but I'm just looking at those categories just to see if it fits and all that sort of stuff and evolve a couple of things as, you know, bringing other drivers on and and stuff or um, I've got a a good shop that can cater for that and, you know, transporter and all that sort of stuff and the resources, I've got that behind me now. So I'm just looking and if it stacks up, yeah, I'll I'll certainly, uh, you know, take it you know, the final way if it, it, it really stacks up for sure. Is there is it still a main game or bus mentality in the market though? People don't see um, the the necessary return on investment by being in the uh, in the supports. So unless it's a, a family business or a family company, it's it's not going to get them the return they need. Correct. Yeah. Look, it's it's hard. You know, the DVS you you know, looking for a driver that brings money and all that sort of stuff, and unless you've got a supercar, a superstar you're bringing along. So, and the same with the Utes and getting sponsorships. So, yeah, um, it's got to be a different. It's got to be a different model. There's got to be another, a different reason for doing it. So, um, so I've got a couple other different reasons that may may happen, but if they don't, it doesn't really matter. So. But yeah, I'm, I'm as I said before, I'm really, really focusing on the main game. That's what I want to get Lee up there and and focus on looking after all our partners on the car and and all our staff and team. It's a, it's a great team that we've got, and that's what I'm really, really focused on at the moment. You mentioned we're all placed with uh, having Carl. Uh, is it the third year or fourth year that um, they shared a car? Third year. Third year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, they're obviously well suited. Um, and it, you know, it always looks a happy little team. They're certainly uh, uh, very unified whenever I see the garages. Um, and you're pretty confident of the Enduro Cup being a better one for you than some recent times. As any business, it's a people sport, and, and you've got to create the right culture. And we didn't have the right culture in '16. It wasn't quite there, and all that sort of stuff. But I'm saying right now, we've got the best team we've had since we've. We've we've started in sixteen on my own, and the culture is so important, and it feels really good. Um, and if it all works, it's you know it's with all our people. The, the team is great, and Carl, yes, um, he's he's a great operator. He's good. He's steady. He, he doesn't look to go into the main game. He's just there to bring the car home, keep it consistent, and bring it home, and all that sort of stuff. And and so yeah, it, it's a great feeling team. It, it, it's I've got a lot on my life, and if it was a messy, a horrible operation, nah, I'm not interested. It's, it's got to be right, and, and and it is right. And um, so a lot of people now are ringing us to, you know, have you got any jobs and all that sort of stuff? It's a good place to work, and it's a good place to be. And But it takes a while to build all that up, and uh, I know what it's all about, building businesses, and, and uh, the culture has to be right. And so it's a good team. Charlie, can we talk about the uh, Pertec Enduro Cup? Because uh, the retro yep. round, you've embraced that. And you've gone with a British-American tobacco Formula One livery. Yeah, there you go. It's it's certainly unique. It, it is uh, Preston Hire started uh, way back, 
uh, in the 70s, I think, and um, I'm just hopping out of this car to go to this function. Excuse me. Thank you, driver. All the best. And, and Chris and I started back, and, and they've... Um, We've gone back in history, and it's a bit of a story about Preston uh, Erection starting it and then uh, going to Preston Eye. But to see all the old logos, you know, the old Pulsar, the old Fuchs logos and everything, it, it looks really iconic. It looks great. So it had a lot of great feedback, a little bit interesting with the, with the, the name, but, um, but no, it's good. So we're really excited about Sandown. It's, you know, it's been there you know, it's 40 years, and I think we're the ninth. I think there's only nine drivers that are still current from last year so we're one of them so it should be a little consistent uh, operation I think Your expectations for the rest of this year? Expectations for 17 for the whole year? Look we want to get into the 10. I think we're 12th at the moment but right. it's not far to get into the 10 now, only 100 points or something. We want to get into the 10 I'm really really striving hard to get in there and um, that's a pretty good result for a, a single car team I think, um, in its second year of operation, really. So um, we haven't got the resources and the backing and the millions of dollars of the big boys and all that sort of stuff. But if I can get in the 10, I'll be pretty happy and, and deliver a great result for, for everyone concerned. And I, I'm, I'm really hoping we get a good run at St. Anbathurst Gold Coast, get a good swag of points, get you know, right up there, and uh, yeah, I'll be really, really pumped for everybody. What do you think your biggest challenge will be for the rest of seventeen, uh, including you know getting into that team? Yeah, look, um, you know we're we're a few tents off everywhere, just in qualifying and all that sort of stuff, and set up and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's it's there's nothing in it. There's just nothing in it at all, and you can't afford to be a couple of tents off. But. Um, We've just got to qualify well. We've been a little bit up and down. We've, most of the time we're in, we're in the 10, but um, just getting the qualifying right. Obviously, Sandown will be interesting because there's a co-driver qualifying session, but um, you can you know, win a race from 15th, 14th, and all that sort of stuff in these Enduros. So last year we had a bit of a reliability problem at Bathurst, which, uh, which set us back a little bit, but um, I think we'll be... You know, challenges, I don't know. There's just keeping it consistent, keeping it... Um, straight and and getting some good results. You know, there's there's so many challenges with everything, and uh, so yeah, bit of everything there. Charlie, we appreciate well, that you've got to go and uh, see the folks at Pulsar there for so. Well, thank you. Charlie, no drama, thank you. No drama at all, and and look forward to seeing you both at Sandown. We do indeed. Thank you, Charlie, for joining us on Inside Supercars this week. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie Stewart at the Grand Prix and I just remind myself of, of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark not only on Australian motorsport but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Craig, this week I want to reflect on the fact that this will be the first time the public has been able to see the two Formula 5000s, that being the Oscar Ferranato, um, Pace, Wilson Security sponsored new Formula 5000, as well as the Chris Landon Formula 5000, had them both at the track at the same time. It was very interesting to see people's comments on those two cars. 
maybe they'll be on track together at the same time. That'll be very interesting. I hope we'll get a chance to talk to Alex Davidson because he's the only man I know of who's actually driven both of those cars as well as his father's Lola T332 from the era, which used to be an Alan Jones car back in the yes, early 70s. And so it's interesting to get Alex's opinion of what those three cars are like to drive. So that's going to be a fascinating thing from this weekend, a sidebar to it. And yours, Craig? I want to talk about seeing the different liveries out on the track. I, I'm wondering if it is a bit too niche for a, a rivalry or a retro round. One thing's for sure, it's great to see some race cars that look like race cars again, even though PRA with their super cheap auto car have done their best to continue their horrid livery scheme going. Um, for the most part, going back to those much uh, simpler 60s liveries is uh, is quite refreshing. And um, even to see Erebus have a NASCAR livery on the track is also quite good, although many have said over the years that uh, Gary Rogers uh, regularly comes up with what looks like a NASCAR livery on his, on his cars throughout the bulk of the season. But, uh, look, it'll be interesting to see what the cars look like on the track. Uh, if we go back to, what was it, the 50th anniversary of Bathurst, I think uh, everyone went in there with a lot of hope about what these cars had looked like and to a man everyone said that David Reynolds' Fred Gibson-inspired car was certainly the most striking on the track and uh, it's funny how the simplest can be the best. Indeed. Well, that'll be all to look forward to to see those cars not only on track but also see them on television because as we all know, the cars the way they are in the life the way they present on television can be quite different. So that'll be fascinating to see them, and they'll be on television on Friday, or no, no, on, on Foxtel on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, but of course on Free to Air on Channel 10, Saturday and Sunday. So that'll be fantastic. Craig, I look forward to uh, catching up and seeing meeting all these people again in the paddock at the Sandman 500. So from all at Inside Super Cars, join us next week. Good night. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.